Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Another exciting, fun episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy. Today I have David, David, and Craig with me. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to let these guys, you know, kind of introduce themselves and tell themselves, you know, tell everybody about themselves. Craig, I'll start with you, and then sure. we can go with David sure. next. Yeah, I'm uh, 22 years of age. <laughs> it's already a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm half of half of the uh, the CRA team that's here. Um, Craig Aaron's and I started this this business as an actor, um, but the passion was certainly to be making feature films. And then uh, in my travels, I met the uh, the young lad David Espinosa. And we partnered up, and over martinis, we thought it'd be a good idea to make feature films. I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding when I'm saying this, but uh, but this this part is true. You know, David and I had worked everything out, um, and hadn't met each other until uh, two days or one day, two days, I guess, David, uh, prior prior to us shooting the evil down the street, and. Uh, we were introduced uh, by a third individual that put us in contact with each other, and I had been a mortgage banker for 25 years before this business, and always, paramount for us, is always legal counsel and compliance. Um, we would never go out with any loan program without first getting their blessings. And the same I felt to be true about feature films. So I first met David as an attorney and we just clicked. I thought, Oh, this is, this is terrific. He just, you know, gets it and it was going really well. It was over a real short period of time. That I found out that David is a graduate from the UCLA school of drama. He's an acting coach in the Bay area. He's written plays, um, novels. Uh, he's also, uh, uh, like I mentioned, an, an acting coach. And I thought, Holy cow. I mean, you know, how many, 
attorneys could also have that on their resume. So I just started asking David, I, because at, at the time I had myself down as both director and the writer uh, of the screenplay. And so David um, went through the script and um, it looked similar to the story I had originally written. I I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but uh, he, he did uh, just a lot of great um, addition and rewrites to the script, um, so much so that it was ridiculous. And me keep saying, oh, thank you, David. Thank you, David. I mean, you, you can only send so many thank you notes. And then, um, you know, it just made sense that it was down as co-writer, which was only the right thing to do. And the same thing was true about directing, that um, when you have the opportunity as somebody with those years of experience – it went from me to to directing, to co-directing, to saying, why don't you direct this? And uh, so my focus with within CRA is producing. I'm I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a, I'm a line producer. I, I I will agonize over some of the silliest things when it comes to cost, but that's that's just hard coded into my DNA. Um, so that's how um, a little bit of the the backstory. And David, I'll. Uh, Pass it over to you. <laughs> well, I remember when I first met Craig. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's uh, kind of a blessing. I've been doing this crazy stuff off and on for quite a few years. Uh, I joined SAG in 1987, tell you how old I am. And uh, I off and on had to do some things, and one of them was going to law school, and uh, during that time, I was still making movies, and uh, it was in a television series, and it just couldn't get it away from it. Five, several years ago, I just decided to quit uh, law altogether and get out of it, and uh, from a Sunday to a Monday, I quit, got an agent, started working, and started teaching again, and got involved with some folks in a project, uh, a local film up here in this uh, Northern California area, and uh, met a guy... Todd Chase, who introduced me to Craig, over a period of a year, kept telling me, you got to meet this guy, you got to meet this guy, he wants to meet you, you got to meet him, and I go, well, let's meet, but somehow it wouldn't happen, but yet it wouldn't stop from, it's supposed to happen, it just kept on over a year, finally I said, hey, give me his number, or have him call me, one or the other, and as soon as we talked, it became apparent that we were of like mind, uh, our organizational skills, uh, our ethics. Uh, one of my problems with the industry, not that I'm some kind of saint, I'm not, but uh, one of the problems with my industry here, a lack of ethics sometimes <laughs> for pursuit of the art, the sacrifice of principle. And my friend, uh, my colleague, my partner uh, has strong ethics. It's very strong moral grounding. And uh, I knew I could trust him, I could work, I could put in all my time and not be taken advantage of. And so we got together. We shot the film in 18 days, but we it took nine months to organize, and we did that over the phone. Wow. Never met each other. Just every day, seven days a week, we were talking, organizing, putting it together. Uh, we leave the egos at the door. Uh, neither one of us have a problem with the other guy saying, well, wait a minute, you know, that, that don't sound too right. <laughs> you maybe want to rethink what you're saying uh, and back up because it's not about me and it's not about Craig. It's CRA Entertainment producing movies, and we want to do the best we can. 
So that's how we got together on this film. He wrote the script that I thought really lent itself well to just playing it straight. Uh, it was based on true story. Uh, I didn't think it needed a lot of embellishment of uh, Hollywood theatrics. Uh, we, as you see, there's maybe seven, eight drops of blood in the whole film. Uh, we were counting more on people, ordinary people, looking at it and going, wow, that reminds me of my aunt, or my sister was like that, or my mom was like that. And we've gotten a tremendous response relative to that. So in that regard, we feel successful. And, and don't get me wrong, we've had other people uh, rate us and go, what was that? <laughs> that was the worst thing I ever saw. And we're like, well, this film's not for you. If you're looking for blood, guts, and you know, a guy running around with a chainsaw chopping heads, this is not your film. Don't watch it. You're going to be disappointed. But if you're looking for a film that can reach out to you in a common way, someone who you can say, hey, I can see this happening. Somebody, things get too much for them. They become obsessed or possessed, and they start acting strange. Their behavior goes a little to the off board, mm -hmm. uh, which is what she was doing. She started drinking, uh, got a little too sexual there, you know, got a little turned down by everybody but her husband. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in reality, from what I understand, it was, it was worse than that. So uh, we played it down. We didn't want to make an R-rated movie. We wanted it to reach just a general public period. Uh, so Craig's initial script was dead on. All I did was take some of the boogeyman stuff out and just rewrite some of the segues. But it, it's basically what it was. And that's the scary part for me. So. Well, oh, go ahead. No, I was saying that's the best thing about this type of genre of a movie because um, when it comes to horror, there's so many different genres. I mean, you have your slashers and you have your uh, brutal brutality movies, which is blood and gore. Um, but you do have certain films that are just based on suspense. You don't need blood. You just need um, what the story's going to tell you. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you go all the way back to the original Halloween, there's not much blood in that at all. No. And if you go to that, it's more suspense because the music, the score alone will tell you everything you need to know. Right. And that's kind of one of the best things about this movie is that you don't you don't need a lot of blood. It's it's all about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We're working I mean, on <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've recommended the movie to a couple of friends, and they... Thank you. And, they, and they've... I had one person, he come back, he said, yeah, he, he didn't really care for it, but he told me why it's not his type of... It's not his type of film. Like, he he watched it because I recommended it to him. He's like, yeah, it's just not my type. Of, he's not much in a horror. Mm -hmm. So it's like saying what you say. I mean, you if you're looking for a certain type of genre and this isn't it, you're not probably not going to like it. Yeah. Right. Well, the, the thing is that we try to really stick with, since it's inspired by true events, are those true events. Um, so you're not going to see somebody crawling backwards down a flight of stairs or crawling across the ceiling. Um, that's, that's just not the story. And 
if they wanted that, this, like David said, um, this would not be the film of choice for them. I, I enjoyed this movie myself, honestly, and I'm, I'm trying to get more into the, I guess you'd call paranormal type of movies, because me, I'm a huge slasher fan, blood, guts, and gore, but my <laughs> wife, my wife's more into the paranormal thing, so I've been watching those more and more, and as I watch them more, I get a, I've always liked them, but I'm now I'm starting to love them, I should say, like, get, have more of a respect for them, mm-hmm. and what I liked about your film was with the possession and all that with the, with the mother is it was, it was a lot calmer than a lot of possession films you see where everything's just, which I do love. Don't get me wrong, but it was cool to see a different perspective or what it wasn't like over the top. She's, you know, killing and going all crazy and they have to burn the house down or something. It was just like, okay. (laughs) And not a bad idea though. (laughs) Not at all. It's never a bad idea. And I just, me and actually, what was it? Either a week or two ago, me and David did a um, podcast on this movie which should be out, if not this week, definitely next week. And um, we just, we broke the movie down and talked about, you know, discussed the whole movie. It was not spoiler-free. I I tend not to do spoiler-free podcasts unless I get, like, a screener or if the movie's out in theaters. But I usually don't touch the ones in theaters for that reason. And, yeah, this movie was a fun movie. My wife really enjoyed it as well. Again, this is, like, up her alley, these kind of movies. And... First of all, congratulations on the success of the movie because I do. You see positives, you see positives and negatives, but you gotta take the good with the bad because people are talking. People are talking about you either way. Somebody can say, "Hey, this movie wasn't that good." What movie? They'll check it out. Either way, somebody's gonna check it out. You guys are on Amazon Prime, and I can see you guys doing a lot more big, awesome movies. Which, again, so congratulations to you guys and hats off to you guys for that. Thank you very much, Terry. You're welcome. I think you guys just went to um, a premiere. Um, I know you've seen you guys, uh, some of your Facebook posts, you were um, celebrating your premiere. Uh, is it the Chinese Theater? Yeah, um, it was, and it was really incredible. Um, you know, we didn't really know quite what to expect. The big thing is, is making sure the, the film looked good, and thankfully um, it did, but um, it was a fun evening, right, David? Oh, I had such a good time. It was amazing. I uh, I didn't expect what I saw. I After the film was finished, uh, when it got out of post-production, I didn't watch it in its entirety after that. I waited for just this moment to watch it on the big screen for the first time after the fact. And I, I was a little bit uh, apprehensive, as I am. I've been doing this a lot of years, and I never take anything for granted that somebody's going to love me or anything I do. So I sit near the exit. <laughs> 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 but I'm watching the movie, and as it first starts, I was, like, overwhelmed. I'm going, here I am, sitting at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood with my partner, my wife, all these beautiful people, his family, Oh, my God. And our movie is coming up, and all the cues hit correctly. I was just, I was bowled over. Now, don't get me wrong. I I know what we do. So does Craig. We're too old to start lying to each other. On the same instance, 
I'm so appreciative of the amount of work and effort that all of our tech crew, all of our post-production editors, Foley work, all of those folks, sound, everything they did, uh, the movie really looked good. So for me, I had a wonderful time. I was there, got some great pictures with my partner. Uh, it was amazing. It was just amazing. Uh, that's my perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Well said. Oh yeah. It definitely, um, it's definitely a beautiful looking movie. I mean, for uh, I mean, saying you uh, for being such a, it's an indie film, it's low budget, but just the start of it when you see the camera going over the neighborhood, it's kind of like like a beautiful looking sceneries. Well, we right. talked, you, you know, what David and I tried to do in filmmaking, and not suggesting that this is a hundred percent science. But so long as it sounds good, looks good, good acting and good story, somebody will spend their hard-earned dollar ninety-nine and rent it. So, you know, we we try to keep within that those four pillars, if you will. Um, and you know, that's and, and David gets the credit for the artistry of the film because as director, I mean, he's working with everybody. I mean, you're talking about. The actors, having them mentally prepared, um, the crew as far as the lighting and what you're trying to accomplish. And if parts of that are off, uh, you go from, let's say, a serious horror film to, you know, like Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. <laughs> you, you, you can have, you know... <laughs> hey, that's a great that. film, Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But that just wasn't the film we were trying to go after. And that's like at Chinese theater that it was very refreshing that, you know, people laughed when they were supposed to. If that was not in proper sequence, um, it would have been just a really long hour and a half, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's... There's nothing worse than sitting, watching your imagination, so you think, come to life, so you think. And having an audience mm -hmm. not laugh at the right time <laughs> or jump at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so with Craig on this. That was all I cared about when I sat in that theater Right as soon as that film opened, was everybody going to react at the appropriate right. moments? Right. And when they did, I sat back and got relaxed and I watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an unnerving experience. <laughs> to, to, say, to say the least. <laughs> to say, to, yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> it's a good thing they serve liquor. I had a, I, oh, nice. <laughs> Nice. So that would have to be what the the longest ninety minutes. Like you're sitting there with the whole crowd of theater, and they're all watching their movie, and you're thinking, uh, "What are these people thinking of the film? I mean, they like it, or I don't know. Am I going to get wrong out when we walk out of here?" <laughs> well, it's interesting because when you're sitting in the theater, the audience <laughs> kind of comes together as one. It, it, it's you know, you, you generally speaking, let's say eighty percent of that holds true. And so if the audience, if one member of the audience goes in 
the wrong direction. And and let's say the wrong direction as preferred that what David and I would see. So if one person decides that this is a hysterical comedy, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all going to go that way. So thankfully, in, in unison, the vibe was right that, you know, they all seemed to, you know, jump when it was appropriate. And uh, so it wasn't um, a fractured mess. Um, the, the audience, thankfully, seemed to come together as one. Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. Now you you said this was based on a true story or true events. Was that some? Was it with somebody that you knew or something you heard of or like in your town or area? Yeah, it, it's something I I read up on on Craigslist, and um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. See, this is this is this is the benefit for David and me doing a Skype interview. Audio, so you, you don't you you don't really know what's coming, but uh, I yeah, I mean this was a family I had known for years, and so these events it wasn't like a long three day weekend. I mean it 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 took a period of time, and um, you know there's a couple of lines we had in the film that you know I remember real life back in the day, uh, either being present or being told. Um, there's a line that uh, the daughter to to the dad saying. Does mom seem all right to you? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's these things like little things that start to add up. And you look back and say, well, yeah, wait a minute. When, when was like the last time I even saw her smile? So, you know, you have like some some benchmark notes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Take like a snap in time saying, wait a minute. Yeah, I remember, you know, I used to actually enjoy going to the going to church with her, going to the mall with her, and we don't do any of that stuff now. Um, so, and the, the other part of this, before ever being a filmmaker, I always thought this would make for a good movie from the standpoint, it's not over the top. It's not going to be, it's certainly not in it, The Exorcist story. Um, and here's one that, that I saw a lot of it firsthand, uh, if not, you know, certainly given to me or told to me firsthand of um, just your normal family that things just went goofy. And I'm kind of from the school. If there's one, there's more. You just can't say, well, that's isolated. This has never happened to anybody previously, and it certainly won't happen in the future. It's all contained within these four walls. Well, that's that's totally foolhardy. Mm-hmm. So part of making the film, and, and this has happened the other day to me, sent me a message in Facebook Messenger, and they weren't kidding. They said that looking back at this, uh, in the latter years of, of her mother's life, like the last 10 years, she goes, I think it's a safe bet she was possessed. Now, I don't know what that's based upon, but, you know, maybe so, maybe no. But, you know, the the story that we we're telling, I think a number of people could relate to it on different levels. I agree. Yeah, I was real interested in that, though. That's... It's not cool that that family went through that before I finished my statement, but it's cool that you put that on, you know, on in a movie. Well, like and a that's real. the part I think is cool, which I'm happy they went through it because without them going through it, I don't know what David and I would have done for our first movie. Um, <laughs> no, so, yeah, you're no. sick. You're sick. Yeah. So you know, uh, we're appreciative, and they haven't hit us up 
on any of the revenue streams. So um, I, I think so far so good myself. No, I, I say that totally tongue-in-cheek humor. But um, and we, you know, we left it such that potentially we could have a part two. You know, if, if we choose to go down that path, um, David is currently writing something that's, um, oh, let's say a bit of an offshoot of all of this, I guess. Would that be the right term? You think, David? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty much a, an extension of the film without the same characters, uh, the principles. Mm -hmm. uh, it focuses more on the demon itself, okay. and then some of the other characters that were in the first film. Uh, Father Bob, of course, because he's stuck there. He, that's his nemesis. <laughs> and, you know, basically. We've gotten a lot of comments from viewers who are interested in the Father Bob character as to where he comes from, why he is, his backstory, his history, and what he's about. So we thought we'd mess around a little bit, see if we could develop a script around that, and uh, that's what we're in the process of doing. But uh, uh, on another note, not to get out of this conversation here, but... Uh, we've also got a film that we just completed shooting called The Crumbs. That was shot in Placerville, California, up mm -hmm. in the hills of the gold country. Uh, a, a very unique film. It's different than this one. It's a horror film, but it has a different tone to it. It's not a slasher movie or anything like that. It's about uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Benjamin Crumb, his mother Irene. Uh, their daughter, Victoria, and a caretaker, Leonard, who uh, run a Airbnb type of environment. And as long as you got a reservation, you're good to go. But if you don't, you potentially may be subject to the good doctor's experiments. You know, his experiments are based upon a uh, serum that he developed back in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And it's a contemporary film, so it takes place now. And at that time, the medical community laughed him out of the community. He moves out in the middle of nowhere. They develop this little uh, community, and uh, he has this bed and breakfast. So what it is, it's a serum that uh, basically retards the aging process. It doesn't reverse it, it retards it. And they get it in a rather unscrupulous manner, which is why the caveat or the caution uh, if you have a reservation, you're safe to go, but don't be trespassing or happen upon this place uh, because, again, you may be subject to the good doctor's experiments. Uh, the film was shot in a location that was just incredible. It's a, over 100 years old, uh, but a series of cabins and a main cabin. Uh, it looked like it was written right out of our film. So uh, we get there and we're looking at it. We love this place to shoot our film. And the owners of it said, well, we'd love you to do it, but you, there's only two weeks, and you, you can do it in two weeks. <laughs> we shot it in 13 days. Uh, it's a feature film. There was 30-something characters in it. Uh, it was an incredible feat of six days, uh, 14, 15. We did a 16-hour day, I believe. Uh, we just busted it. But uh, it's something that you do when you have a passion for an art form period. And we happen to have that passion for an art form 
that's probably the most eclectic. It involves, as you know, every aspect of art, paint and music and uh, dance and acting and uh, everything. It's visual. It's oral. It, it's total sensory to that degree. And uh, myself, I, I couldn't think of anywhere I'd rather be than doing this. Uh, Craig and I are... Well, if you get the idea, we're not exactly spring chickens. Uh, yeah, hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Craig, he's 22. Like, you no, know, Craig's yeah. right. I, I misspoke. He's a sprung chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that chicken's been sprung. <laughs> That's good. So, so uh, you know, we're going to keep making films. That's what we do. We're going to keep making films. And uh, God uh, God bless CRA, and thank, and thank you, Lord, for... Uh, shining upon Craig and I, that's for sure. Because, but for God, I don't think him and I, uh, I certainly wouldn't be doing it by myself. Uh, and I really don't know of anybody else I would work with. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And you guys keep doing movies, although we'll keep watching them. So far, you're one yeah. for one in my book. In my book. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank well, you. We we say that we're going to keep making films until one of us drops dead. So uh, we we hope that's not going to be any time soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is, uh, is horror the only genre you guys uh, plan to just to uh, attack? Um, that, 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 and also musicals. David and I. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to bring back dinner theater, the musicals. Um, you know, it, it's interesting you ask that, David, because we have been just so touched, uh, moved by our supporters that you know that they. Um, in, in these various horror groups, if you will. And at least for the next couple of films, um, they will be of that genre. And then, you know, David and I have talked about, you know, branching, branching out. I say musical, of course, that's on the humorous side. And, and with the idea of thinking like, okay, you know, we're in quite a few horror groups, but I'm sure that people within these groups they watch other movies, not just horror movies. So, you know, I, you know, I, I suspect we, we will. What do you want to say, Dave? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, there? No, I think you're right. I think most people who watch horror films also like romantic comedies, don't you? I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. Back to having a Costello meet Frankenstein, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. And, I, and uh, there's other genres I would like to explore. But Craig and I are also business-oriented, and uh, we want to be successful in what we're doing. And the only way to be able to do what other types of work is to first be successful in one. So we, through our research, understood that horror films and that genre is probably the most probable genre where if you are diligent, organized, and you have some some kind of talent you might be able to do something because they don't care who you are they don't care who, who and certainly that bodes well for us because <laughs> we're nobody uh, it, <laughs> director actor unknown writer unknown doesn't matter if the storyline is good the acting's good directing they're going to watch your film and they're going to promote it Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about the genre, the people's, and it has such a spectrum. It's not just chop films. It's, you know, it's all cut. Look at Alien. That's a sci-fi horror film. Scared the bejesus out of me when it first came out. I was a grown man. 
you know, I was born in UCLA at the time, and uh, I was like, wow, this was unreal. I love that film. So, you know, the genre allows itself for a wide spread of different sub-genres within it. Uh, and uh, that's what's so appealing for me. Uh, for, I don't know if some of the older films that are out there, especially with Alfred Hitchcock, I love Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, he's made so many films. Uh, there's one, it's called Rope. And it's not a particularly scary movie, but it's a, it's, it's a terrible film. It's a great film, but what these people do, uh, they decide to kill one of their roommates just to prove they could do it, these college students, and they hang him. They choke him to death. Wow. That's the rope. But the amazing thing about the film, it has two cuts in the whole film. Really? Two. Two edit cuts. And this is film, folks. This isn't computer-generated image splicing. Mm -hmm. This is actual film. There's two cuts in the whole film, and you'd be damned to find the second one. The first one, you, if you pay attention, you'll, you'll catch it. The second one is much more difficult to catch. It, it was incredible directing, incredible lighting, everything about it. Uh, Jimmy Stewart was in the film. Uh, so that film, has a, a it's a horror film. But it's a different aspect. It's a different genre. You know, Rear Window. Uh, that's a scary film. <laughs> he can't get out. I mean, Vertigo. All these films that Hitchcock did that play upon the mind and the terror that we create in ourselves. You made a comment earlier about possession and the uh, looking into that genre of uh, films. Uh, what's the difference between being possessed and being obsessed? Someone who's possessed by their own greed, desire, their own lust, whatever it may be, eating too much, buying too many shoes, drinking too much, doing drugs, chasing women, chasing men, so much so that you pay attention to nothing but that. That's Is that point. obsession a possession? Is that a demon? Well, see, we, we tried to hit on the in our film with those themes. You know, that's why the booze and, and the obsession with the sex, because, you see, she didn't kill anybody. You know, it wasn't that type of a thing, but she was acting totally obsessed. Yes. And because of that obsession, she looked to be possessed. That's not her. You ask anybody who's ever been a drug addict, and unfortunately I knew a few, alcoholics, drug addicts, once they find themselves and they get rid of that problem or control that problem, first thing they'll tell you is, that wasn't me. Makes and sense. they themselves recognize that that obsession became them being possessed by that demon. That demon, that drug, that mm -hmm. demon, that alcohol, that tobacco, that sex drive, that lust for gambling, that overeating too damn much, whatever it is, that could be sitting at that computer playing games, whatever it is. So I think you were right when you talked about paranormal, you're more interested in that. Because Craig said this earlier, too, a mindset. It's a mindset. You know, are you predisposed to that obsession in the first place? If you are, then you're more likely to become possessed. They even talk about it. Addictive personalities. Come on. Addictive personalities? Mm -hmm. Does that mean some of us are more susceptible to being controlled 
by substance, idea, or things than others? That's what they insinuate by using that term. So, and they also try to create it as a uh, problem, a medical problem, maybe a mental or emotional issue. Oh, I know what you need. You need Zendat or whatever that crap is they're giving, all the drugs. So I know what you need. You need some pharmaceuticals. So, you know, you see how it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it a possession by a demon that we can get somebody who believes in God and a higher strength to drive or exercise that demon out and save that person? Or is this person just, their mindset is predisposed to being addicted and what they need are some other types of drugs to alter their mindset? Or do they need some other type of conditioning psychologically, perhaps based in some physical thing? tell you why I say that. When I was younger, I smoked cigarettes. And uh, when I met my wife, I've been married 42 years. Uh, I've known her 45. When I met her, one thing, when we got together and decided to be married, she asked me for a wedding present. I said, all right, whatever it is. She said, quit smoking. I said, quit smoking. Damn. At that time, it was all good and cherry. It was like, hey, what the hell? What's the big deal? I'm just smoking. So what? But I promised. So every time I wanted a cigarette, I dropped down and I did push-ups until I couldn't do them anymore. Exhausted. Yeah, exhausted. No so, no way in hell did I want a cigarette after that. So, are you, so Dave, are you trying to tell us the first time we meet Father Bob, he wanted a cigarette? He <laughs> <laughs> was Joseph big time. Yeah, he, he must have been. He must have been. Uh, That's funny. He was, <laughs> yeah, you know what's going on, man? You know, he drinks a little bit. You know, the guy, yeah. guy self-medicates. Father Bob self-medicates. He, you know, he has I got to. It. I mean, that's one of the best things about the film is that um, you first meet first meet the Father Bob. It's like you never seen a priest be doing push-ups, sweating and tattoos all over the place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, that that part really stood out to me and my wife also, because it was just again like David just said, you never see a priest. Just doing push-ups, shirt off, back tattooed, and it was cool though. It was I like how it was just it was just a different look. It was just your own idea, which it's oh, yeah, good to have was... some fresh things in there. Well, I I worked it off the backstory that I created for him. I'm a I'm adamant about backstories as a director and as a as a teacher, a coach uh, with my actors, students, or uh, actors in whatever I'm working on. Uh, backstory is the foundation to your character, period. There's acting and then there's creating character, two different things. And if your backstory is not sound, you have no platform, no place to come from, no history, nothing to cause you to behave the way you behave. So I wanted Father Bob, I mean, who does what he does? I mean, what kind of work is that? What do you do for a living? Oh, I chase demons. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Who, who does that, right? So why did he do that? And that question led me to a pretty horrendous backstory, which I'll tell you two gentlemen, is the basis of something we're working on now for a future project, that backstory of Father Bob. And it was pretty horrendous. Uh, that's why the tattoos. He wasn't, uh, he comes from the streets. Oh, uh, he yes. ended up in the slam. 
he got saved in the slam, but knew what he had to do to be saved. Uh, and since then, he's devoted himself to uh, to God and to chasing demons and helping people to rid themselves of that. That's what his whole gig is. So uh, he he loves women. He loves everything else in the world, but he doesn't have time. Uh, everything's always pulling him. So he he drinks. Yeah, he drinks a little. Uh, he drinks in the morning. He drinks in the afternoon. He drinks in the evening and before he goes to bed. That probably covers it, though. Yeah. Now, <laughs> see, that's, that's definitely um, something I noticed on a second viewing. That he, I mean, in the film that he has, I guess, history with with the house. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell that he he has history on what's what's being portrayed through the story, and that he's fully aware of what's going on, and now everybody else is trying to catch up. Yeah, very, very, you're the first person that said that to me. Right on, brother. Yeah, because right I didn't, I, um, I think on the first viewing, I don't really think I caught that until, um, like I say, each viewing you catch something different. So that's yeah. that's definitely a good good way of storytelling, is that on multiple viewings you see different things. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much for that. Uh, well said. Oh, no, it's, I just, I just. I don't know. I get into detail of the films. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nah. Yeah, I really, I really do appreciate you guys coming on here, though. I think it's awesome. And just to jump back in with the, the priest thing, what I was going to say is, um, you know, you see him doing the push-ups. This is, I, this is my second viewing of the movie, but my, it was my wife's first viewing. She watched it with me, and she was like, what's going on here? Is he in prison? And I'm just like... <laughs> No, he's just doing he's just doing push-ups. He's just doing push-ups. <laughs> you know what? Your wife, your wife's instinctually astute. <laughs> See, the reason he does push-ups in confined areas is because he spent a lot of time in confined yeah. areas. Well, yeah, I was, that's why he exercises in that little four by eight space. Which makes sense. Which I mean, I can't speak for us all, but I know I've known people that were locked up and just certain yep. mannerisms they do. Yep. Not that they're. You know, they still, they're still they still not in the same mindset negatively, but just certain things they do, certain routines they do, as far as working out, let's say, they still do that same routine and maybe that uh, small confined area and around the same, even around like the same times of day that they used mm-hmm. to do it when they first mm-hmm. get up before they go to sleep, all that stuff. So it was kind of cool. I mean, and hey. Well, that institutionalizing and routinizing uh, is important. It's, it's one of the things they use for rehabilitation processes in the judicial system to get people to say, you have a regular routine day. You get your ass up, you make your bed, you eat, you exercise. And that routinization to a large degree is part of the institutionalizing process. And it's, it's good and bad. The bad part is the obvious. The good part is some folks grew up never having any type of routine, nobody telling them, okay, in the morning, this is what we do. You get up, you make your bed, you brush your teeth, you get yourself ready, you come eat uh, consistently. That is, as people are raised, especially children, not to go off on a tangent, something else, but young people, kids, they need that. That is extremely Mm -hmm. important for their growth, for them to find a way to develop positive habits towards routines like 
setting time aside to do stuff, making certain that you're organized. That is the key to success. It's not being intelligent. It's not, you can be the smartest guy on the block, but if you're not organized, so what? Mm -hmm. I, or on time. I'm a professor and I've taught at many different colleges. And one of the things, my main thing with my students is this, never be late. You don't need to be a genius. You just need to be on time with everything you do. And I'm not referring to anything that may have occurred at any time, well, today or otherwise, but just generally, my children, um, yeah, I was big on them. Of course, I got grandkids now. That's how old this shit is. But <laughs> and now with them, it's like, oh, no, you're so cute. You can do whatever you want. You can't. <laughs> so it all goes to hell as soon as you get your grandkids. <laughs> you get the idea. Yeah, I, I think that uh, having programs like your program today and allowing guys like Craig and I to come on here, indie filmmakers who nobody knows, and talk all this about what we do and what we think we know. That's what's so important. The support, Craig hit on this earlier, uh, the support system that we have, that's what's keeping us in this genre. You folks loving us and treating us good. So I'm not going anywhere, and I don't think Craig is. We're going to continue uh -uh. doing what we're doing. Well, that's what I like to hear. And I'm not going anywhere with this podcast. So if you guys ever want to come on again, definitely Come on, let's talk about another movie that you guys are doing. But I do really appreciate a lot of the independent artists, independent filmmakers like yourselves, because we I feel like with independent horror movies, I feel you guys are like the backbone of horror in general. Because for one, that's where everybody starts as far as independent, you know, smaller films, smaller budgets, and you you work your way up. And without I feel like without you guys, especially with the fresh ideas that a lot of these indie films have, I feel like a horror would be going nowhere, really. Like, right now, horror is it's one of the most popular genres out right now. And it's been blowing up over these past few years with, again, mm -hmm. with, a, lot with the, a lot with the indie films. And just, I love, I love the horror industry and, like, the horror fans in general because I feel like we all really stick together. Like, I've been to a few cons, a few horror conventions, and you, we have good times there. You support, you know, we support the indie artists. We support the bigger artists that come and all that stuff. Awesome. You guys all, but the the thing that that I love about it is everybody's so humble. Like there's so everybody's like, hey, if it wasn't for you guys, you know, we wouldn't be here. And I, I could say the same thing about you guys. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here because we wouldn't have horror to talk about and discuss and you know love and all that good stuff over it. Mm -hmm. It's symbiotic. It's 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 what the uh, one volcano said to the other volcano. If you lava lava me, I lava lava you. <laughs> David, David gave stand-up about a five-minute try. Uh, and, and for some odd reason, it just didn't quite work out. Hey, well, I'm glad he went with horror because, you know, that joke was a little scary, but hey. hey I'm always ducking the hook. Are you kidding? Yeah. Now, have you guys ever done any um, horror conventions, or would you do any horror conventions? Yeah, we just yeah. don't. Um, I don't see why not. Yeah, we're we're not dialed in like um, the inner circle. Like, where are they? <laughs> well, there's one I go to every year. They just it's this is in New York though. It's in um this year it's gonna be in Rochester, New York. It's called Scarecon. Mm -hmm. And I just found out. I just learned um when was it earlier? Oh yeah, earlier this year, about two months ago, that they have a film fest at this this Rochester Con every year. They have a film fest at the con in October. 
So that's it's a fun wow. combo. You there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's yep. a it's a pretty fun con and all that. You get, they get a lot How of stars there. Oh, uh, it's decent. It's not real big, but it's a decent fun con. Um, this is actually the first year that it's in Rochester, New York. It used to be in around Syracuse, New York, and it was. Yeah. But I believe the venue that they're moving into this year is going to be much bigger. It's in a bigger area, bigger city. So they do, yeah. But it's a good, it's a really good con, and they have two a year. They have one in um, Massachusetts, and then. The one in October. The one in October, they do the Film Fest thing. The one in Massachusetts, they just started this year with the Podcast Awards. So, it's I highly recommend it. If you can get to cons and stuff, and the fans there are phenomenal with the indie artists and all that stuff, with everybody there, everybody's so friendly and cool. It'd be great well, to see you guys there one day. Any information you have, I'd, I'm sure Craig uh, would appreciate. Send it to us. We'll spread mm-hmm. the word. I will. As a matter of fact, yeah. when we're done with this interview, I will contact the guy that runs the con because i had him interviewed him on here a couple times i'll give him your facebook information yeah and um if you guys can both inbox me your email information i'll give him all that and okay see where it goes from there sounds cool because yeah, that'd, that'd be great to see you guys in person mm-hmm. it would we, we yeah. look we, we we look younger in person than we sound on the phone and i'm really much taller than i look <laughs> or sound <laughs> oh man! <laughs> right on. That's awesome. I love the back. Right, I love the back thank and forth. Thank you so much for inviting us here, and yeah. uh, I so appreciate it. And we'd love to come and join you again when the crumbs come out and talk about that. Oh, definitely, definitely. Thanks again yeah. for coming on. And I mean, our pleasure. You. If there's anything you guys want to plug, go right. Feel free to plug away. Well, for us um, to stay in contact, like with social media, it's it's easy to find us. It's it's just our names, and mm-hmm. our our platform kind of of choice uh, would be Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we have Facebook pages for um, the films and us individually, and then of course um, our film is on Amazon Prime, and any of your listeners who. Watch it if they could leave. A review would be appreciated. However. And going, yeah, and if they're going to be inclined to give a one-star review, um, buy a six-pack and get drunk and get over it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like like your mom Your mom should have told you, my, like my mom told me growing up, you have nothing good to say, keep your mouth shut. And, and David and I feel very strongly as filmmakers, if you have nothing good to say about our film, um, keep it to yourself. We, we, don't, we don't need to hear it. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's not. That's, I, I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> hey, but it's all good. And, and you know, I, I, I think that anybody who takes the time to watch the film, whatever they feel, is all good with me. But I agree, you know, rather than trying to destroy something that somebody else likes, not everybody appreciates Van Gogh. I'm sorry. I do. Not everybody does. Uh, Picasso, I do. Not everybody does. That's okay. But that doesn't mean it's crap. So if he doesn't have something good to say, like uh, Craig stated, please don't say anything or just turn it off. Watch something else, you know, a rerun of whatever, the Three Stooges, which happens to be my favorite. Or you I know? Love Lucy. I always like a good I Love Lucy show. Oh, very good. Lucy, 
<laughs> my kids are uh, are nine and ten, and they watch I Love Lucy. Yeah, see, there, <laughs> you just, I, yeah, just, just if, if, the, if the film is going in the right direction, yeah, turn on I Love Lucy, and you'll be fine. You have exactly. a you have a good time. Because yep. <laughs> like uh, my mother in law and my wife, they're big on to uh, I Love Lucy. Oh, yeah. And now my kids are, and they, they they watch some of these old shows on TV Land. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Lucy. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I had the pleasure of meeting her and interviewing with her when I was a student at UCLA, and I had been studying mime with a graduate of Marcel's school from France. So I'm all mimed out, Marcel, Marcel, right? And doing mime in Westwood. Now, the guys don't laugh at me, but that's what was happening. And uh, I was actually pretty good. But I'm doing this interview, and she happens to ask me, so, okay, who? what's the world's most famous clown? Well, of course, she was talking about Red Skelton, who she was, you know, just enamored with, and they were good friends of. And what do you think comes out of my mouth? Marcel, oh, Marcel, Marcel! Marcel. <laughs> yeah. She chewed my chops, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that red hair was not was not a mistake, right? Nah, she was a fiery lady. She was sharp, though. She was awesome. She was an awesome actress, a dramatic actress, comedic actress. Her youth, if you ever see pictures of her, whoo, drop dead gorgeous, drop dead. Yeah, beautiful yeah, woman. I seen I seen her do a. Um, uh, it was on YouTube. Uh, I think it was a a little comedy sketch with uh, Schwarzenegger. Oh. And I was yep. like, "Whoa, I've never seen this." And he he was playing a massage therapist. I saw that. He, you saw that? Yeah. Yes, I saw that. That's um, very good. And it, it popped up. It was like, "Whoa," because I'm a I'm a huge Schwarzenegger fan. And I was like, "I have never seen this." Yeah. And I was, was like, "Man, what?" Yeah, he definitely. Boy shorts. Yeah, he was definitely during his Mr. Olympian days. Yeah, it was. I was like, because uh, he—I don't think he talked much in it, but no. she—I um, can't picture who uh, who played her husband in that, but it was somebody from either the Lucy Show or um, one of the shows she was really famous for. It was one of the other ones. It wasn't Desi. No, they were split up. I can't remember. I just remember him, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in that scene. Yeah, yeah. size <laughs> with the, the yeah. Anyway. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to have to say good night. I so appreciate your time, and thank you so much for allowing yes. me to come on and talk. Yes. And thank Craig, thank really you for, uh, for everything. I mean, you and David, economy for a uh, small film. Like, thank you for like reaching out. It's highly appreciated. Oh, our pleasure, guys. Totally. Our pleasure. Good night, everybody. Have a good one, Bye, guys. Night. Take care, good guys. Day. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> you know where to find me, Horror with Sir Sturdy on Facebook. I have a group and a page, Horror with Sir Sturdy. Um, if you ever want to be a guest on this, email me, horrorwithsir.sturdy. Again, that's horrorwithsir.sturdy at gmail.com to be a guest. We can, we can discuss some horror movies, have some random funny horror chats, or, you know, if you're in movies or you're producing movies, you're an indie artist with horror Again, shoot me that email, horrorwithsir.sturdy at gmail.com. Um, I'm also on Twitch, horrorwithsir.sturdy. You can just Google horrorwithsir.sturdy and most likely find me, but I'm on Twitch, horrorwithsir.sturdy. I do a lot of gaming here, well, gaming here and there, and uh, YouTube, horrorwithsir.sturdy. And yeah, so again, thanks for listening. Please like, rate, review, 
share, like, rate, review, share the podcast. I'm on all all platforms of the podcast. Like, rate, review, share, and please like, rate, review, and share the movie, The Evil Down the Street. Just get it out there. It's a great film. It's a fun film. It's actually a good film for um, if you want to get your kids into horror, I guess, depending on how the kids are, because it's not gory. It's not too. There's not any nudity in it. It's not too overly sexual. So it's something good to get kids into horror because it's not too bad as far as scary. And then again, thanks you all for listening, supporting the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for my guests. I know they're all gone right now, but thank you again for my guests coming on, David, David, and uh, Craig. And again, horror with sir dot sturdy at gmail.com. If you ever want to be a guest or you have some ideas or you want to hear a certain movie reviewed and you don't want to review the movie with me, if you want me and someone else to review the movie, that's cool. So keep things scary. I'll see you in your nightmare.